Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Welcome to Maximize Your Influence. This is podcast 404 We need a sound effect for that. Hey, my heart goes out to you. Thanks for your feedback, your email, your support, telling your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast, the nice feedback on iTunes, coming to the seminars, coming to the webinars, listening to the podcast. Mass hysteria. This is awesome. I can't even believe podcast 400. Thanks so much. This is a lot of fun for me. Hopefully it's fun for you. And we've got prizes. We got rewards. Stay tuned. I'm giving away free stuff today for podcast 400. Did a ton of Zoom this week. Man, I want to do more face-to-face. That started to pick up. Did persuasive presentation for a large credit card company. I'll just leave it at that. Talked about how to lead the leader for a large medical insurance provider. We'll just leave it at that. I don't know if I'm allowed to name names, but for now, we'll just leave it at that. It was a lot of fun, a lot of interaction. We learned some great things, both very, very different. And I'm gearing up for a training on just two days on telling stories, stories for leaders. Isn't that crazy? And that's how important it is. It really is. If you can learn to tell stories, you're more influential, you're more charismatic, you're a better leader. When I was researching laws of charisma, it showed... Metaphor, simile, stories, all persuade without detection. So we'll cover a few of those points coming up here on a future podcast. But let's get you some content. Let's get you the stuff you should have learned in school. Let's get you to be more influential because you already know it impacts every aspect of your life. As a parent, teacher, leader, manager, let's jump into it to the persuasion. Blinja. Not a blunder, not a ninja, a blinja because it could go either way. So I'm not pointing fingers, large corporations. It's no secret that when a spokesperson endorses your product, it can really help your product. It's a billion-dollar industry. Michael Jordan, who played basketball, made more money endorsing products because it's an association trigger. There's a connection there. You like Mike, you like his underwear. Well, didn't come out right, but he endorsed underwear, cars, and I think hot dogs, a variety of things, and that helped. So the Blinja is, it's great for companies to do that. It does increase sales. Now, you got to be careful with controversial people. Half the people might like you more and half the people might not buy your product anymore. So you want somebody usually that everybody, for the most part, likes. So that is the ninja part. It's good when you choose the right person. It makes all the difference in the world. But when you choose the wrong person, it's the blunder. And sometimes it's the company's fault. They don't vet them out enough. And sometimes they just didn't know and that... That spokesperson, that celebrity goes south and whoop, yeah, things happen. So there is a ninja part for that, but let me go through the biggest blunder part of that when it went south. Well, one big one, one famous one is Bill Cosby. He endorsed Jell-O, Coca-Cola, Texas Instruments, and Kodak. What went wrong? But all went south when he was accused of rape by many women and eventually went to prison. Yeah. There's Michael Vick. He plays football. He endorsed Nike, Reebok, Coke, Kraft, just a few. Then there were felony charges on dogfighting and served 18 months in prison. 
didn't help those names. There's O.J. Simpson, who was a big face for Hertz Redicar. Yeah, accused of murder and went to court. You know, there's a lot of controversy there. We'll just leave it at that. Tiger Woods, man, Gatorade, Gillette, and others. In fact, he lost $50 million in endorsements. And he lost that after a big sex scandal. There's Lance Armstrong. Won many of the Tour de France's. Rode the bicycle, right? Yep, they found that he was actually doping and lost those endorsements. And it's not just losing the endorsement. It actually hurts the company in a lot of ways that people don't even realize. Pepsi and Michael Jackson, when he was accused of child molestation. Here's what a lot of people don't know about. The beef industry had Sybil Shepard. She was an actress back in the 80s you know, promote beef. And then later she says, well, I don't like red meat. You know, in an interview, does not help your endorsement. And a big one, Jared Fogle with Subway. I mean, this is an incredible story. Here's a guy who lost 200 pounds eating Subway sandwiches. Just an average guy. Seemed likable. Seemed like an average guy. Then he got caught distributing child pornography and uh, something with a minor. I'm not sure what's going on. I guess it doesn't matter. But challenges... It hurt him. I mean, he lost the endorsement. It also hurts the company. So when you look at these endorsements or any type of association trigger, there's positive ones when we like them, but when they go south, things go bad. That's true with any type of association trigger. So, so be careful of endorsements and all association triggers from smell, colors, symbols, gestures, word choice, all can attract or repel. You want more information on any of those? Go to the archives at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Which brings us to the geeky scholarly article. This is from the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology. And Dr. Darley and Dr. Batson, about when our brain is rushed. It's interesting, the atmosphere that's created. Are they rushed? Are they relaxed? It makes a difference. I mean, they can be too relaxed. I mean, doing a presentation in Lazy Boy factory on the recliners, everybody sitting in Lazy Boys, that's a little too much relaxed. I took a college class outside once, beautiful spring day, just sitting out in the grass, relaxing, maybe a little too relaxed. But then on the flip side, being a little too rushed can be detrimental to the brain and how we think and what we see and how we react. Because we know a confused mind says no, an overwhelmed mind says no, but a rushed mind doesn't necessarily say no, but it does make it much more difficult to influence people. So here's an interesting study. This was done at Princeton University. And what they did is they replicated the biblical account of the Good Samaritan. The story goes, a band of thieves beat, robbed, and left a man traveling alone on the roadside to die. A priest and a Levite passed by. None of them stopped, but a Samaritan stopped to help. I mean, that's the story. The Samaritan bound up the wounds, took them to the inn, paid the innkeeper for their care until he returned. So they went to seminarians or people that were studying to become priests. And they asked them to prepare a short speech on the Good Samaritan. And they prepared the speech. And the day they were going to give it, the first batch, they said, hey, you haven't left yet? It's a 10-minute walk. You better go. They're waiting for you right now. They're expecting you right now. Of course, they're rushed, a little flustered. They go. And on the way, there would be a man slumped over, coughing and groaning, obviously needing help. But would they stop and help? And what's interesting, before they even prepared the speeches, they filled out a questionnaire on why they wanted to study theology. And of course, it was giving back and helping out. And so, I mean, these are this is good people. This is not your average manager. I'm not saying that managers are bad. I'm just saying this is a different demographic. 
So then the second batch was told, you have plenty of time, you know, it's a 10 minute walk, you might as well leave now. And they both encountered the person that obviously needed help. But those two factors made a difference. One was rushed, one was not. They said a lot of the people that were rushed, giving the speech of the Good Samaritan, literally stepped over this person on their way because they were hurried. Did they notice? I don't know. I'm not going to go there. But what's interesting, for those that were rushed, only 10% stopped to help. But when they weren't rushed, 63% stopped to help. Now, I'm not going to go in the mindset demographic, but that's six times more. And that's human nature 101. When we're rushed, we're not thinking straight. We're not picking up all the stimuli. Maybe we don't think it's as important to stop and help. This is a priority versus giving the speech. So a lot of times when we're rushed, we just don't think straight. Maybe we're not gathering all the information we need to to make a good decision. Maybe we don't even see it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But we do know it makes a huge difference. So when you're influencing and someone's rushed and they have a presentation or they need to go or they're thinking about something else, you need to get them back on track with you or you need to reschedule. It's not a good time to influence. Which brings us to listener email. Oh, boy. And by the way, I use your email on the show. You get the free version, the gold version of InfluenceUniversity.com. So this goes to Barbara from Lake Oswego. We'll send that information out to you. And of course, you can always send me an email at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. This is from Barbara, the United States, Lake Oswego. That's in Oregon. Barbara, I used to live there. Beautiful place. Says, Kurt, thanks for your podcast. I've been telling my family, friends, and enemies. Thanks, Barbara. Says, you talk a lot about persuasion and influence. I want to know, how do you resist persuasion and manipulation? It's all around me, and I seem to be a sucker. Help me, please. (laughs) I don't know, Barbara, if you're a sucker or not, but we all get influenced. We all persuade. I mean, how do you really resist persuasion, influence, manipulation, coercion? It's all around us. There are scammers out there. We all get the emails from Africa like, hey, help me out. I'll give you a million dollars. You keep seeing them because they're working. Now, let's look at both sides of this. Now, first of all, when there's a great influence or a great leader, People want to follow them. They want to be influenced by them. And so you have to look at that piece too. I love it when a great influencer persuades me to do something. When they do everything right, that's awesome. Not to talk about when they lie, but to talk about when they do everything right. It's beautiful. It's artwork. It's incredible. I love it. And I love it that they persuade me. Now that aside, there are those that maybe don't reveal all the information that you need to make a decision. And there are even a few that might not reveal everything you need to know to make a decision. I mean, you're talking about some ethics here, but let's talk about a few things. There are unethical, dishonest people out there. We know that. And one in every 10,000 people is dishonest, just to put it out there and to let you know I'm making that up. But it makes me feel good. But I do believe, for the most part, most people are good. They have good intentions. They want to be good. But there are some bad apples out there. We know that. We need to be careful. And sometimes they're very persuasive. You look at some of the serial killers out there. They came across as warm, friendly, good people. People felt safe around them. So it's interesting to look at the dynamics of that. So how do you resist those unwanted persuasive attempts? Now, first of all, sometimes it's good to be persuaded. And I put it out there, very successful people. I've noticed with millionaires are easier to persuade, actually. It's hard to get in front of them. But they'll actually say, persuade me, show me what I need to do, help me out. And then on the flip side, this is a mindset success psychology issue. A lot of people that aren't as successful as they want to be, they're so afraid to be persuaded, they never let anybody persuade them. 
sure, they never get taken advantage of, but they never get the good stuff either. Because some people are actually trying to persuade you on good things that'll help you out, that'll make you more money, make you more successful. So you have to weigh that one too. And this will help you too as a persuader to see some of these in your prospects too. All right, how to resist persuasion. Kind of the opposite of what we usually talk about, but let's go into it. I'm happy to talk about it. The first one is be kind of evasive and vague with your responses. They call it fogging. Swing a bat in the fog, you don't hit anything. Fogging would be something like, man, you're late. What time did you call? You know, they're upset at you and fogging. Oh yeah, I'm later than I expected, but you're always annoyed. You're okay. You see, I'm always upset, right? Or they try to change the subject or something like, the meeting was at three. Well, wait a minute. Were you late? Is something wrong? Were you in an accident? No, but it was at three. Are you doing okay? I'm concerned about you to where you're like, where did that come from? So I don't say going to that extreme, but the key with this is when you respond, you don't want to give them all your hot buttons and why you're excited about it. You're evasive. You're vague. You're not sure. It doesn't look that good. When they see that you're excited about it, that you really want it, that it fits your needs, that it solves your problems, then it's harder to resist persuasion. But if they're not sure what you like and what you want, it's harder for them to persuade you. Just saying. And part of that, too, is acting unimpressed and indifferent, even if you love it on the inside. We see that with people that are buying homes. They're so excited. It's the perfect home. And the real estate agent's like, giddy up. Yeah, all right, done and done. Versus, I'm not sure there's a hole in the wall. What about that? We'll have to take that out. And like, ooh, that's ugly. Versus, oh, this is the perfect place. We finally found it. Both of those are different reactions from the persuader. So when they ask what exactly looking for, you know, be a little vague. When you find something you like, don't be too impressed. Stay a little indifferent. You can only use these if you're really concerned about the person trying to persuade you. If it's a great persuader and it's a great solution to your problem, let them persuade you. And the big one here is just be observant. Just be mentally aware of their persuasion techniques. Part of that is let them think they're persuading you, that they're getting you, and you're making them all know what they're doing, especially in negotiation. You know what they're doing, and you are and you know maybe that they're lying. Just, you know, let them keep going. Oh, in their mind, they're getting away with it. They're going to do it more and more, and you get more and more information and know when to say no. And part of that, too, is call them out. If it's a really bad persuasion technique, call them out. Like, good cop, bad cop. Call it one of the dirty deeds of negotiation. <laughs> really? They still use it? Yeah, they still trade on it. You just say, is it, are you guys using a good cop, bad cop? And that shuts it down real fast. Oh, no, we're not doing that. You know, they kind of fumble around and then you move on. Part of it, too, is always get another set of ears and eyes, a second opinion. Someone else to look at it that's not so emotionally involved can make sure you're not getting taken advantage of. And again, it's all about the mindset. Don't get overwhelmed by these power plays, these maybe the, all the suits in the room. Just stay in control. If they say the meeting's at 3 o'clock and they pull you in at 3.30, you stay in control. It's a dark trick to manipulate you, to get control. They might cut off an inch off your chair or put you in the sunshine in a negotiation. Just move your chair. It's not getting to you. So stay in control. Just don't get overwhelmed. Don't get emotional. And maybe you need to back up and say, look, it's at 3. I got to go. We're going to need to reschedule and grab your power back. They're doing a power play. You can grab it back. If you stay in mental control, you don't need to grab it back because you never gave them your power. Now, many times they're going to try to put you on the spot, make you look foolish or awkward. Well, you said you were willing to make a decision today that you were going to do this, that this was a perfect solution to you. Don't feel awkward. Don't feel uncomfortable. Just say, yeah, I did say that, but you know, you said this. 
because they're going to try to back you into corner. We see those door-to-door salespeople where they try to show they're doing a survey, where they're like, hey, do you love to travel? Where are your favorite places? You're like, oh, I love to travel. I mean, who's going to say no to that? And, you know, I love the beaches. I love this. And, well, how many times do you travel a year and you're boasting? Oh, six or seven. And they just lead you down this path. And like, well, based on your responses, you're going to save $1,000 a year on our special membership. Just call them out. Say, wait a minute. You said you were doing a survey and you weren't selling anything. And I was giving my responses. So wait a minute and just continue down that road. If they're going to call you out, you can call them out. And it's okay to question the intentions, their facts, their statistics, their testimonials, their claims, their data. Call them out. Don't just believe them. What was the year in that study? And if you're into statistics, you could really ask some interesting questions there. Who paid for it? Who was in on it? How many people were interviewed? Where can I read that study? Call them out. Let me look it up right now on my phone. Now, if you're feeling like, "Mm, I'm not sure this is not quite right, look it up. Give me the study. Send it to me. Let's look it up right now because it sounds good. Let's talk about a Harvard study. Is it? Was the year 1920 they did the study? So find out. Question their intentions. Take a look at the facts, statistics, testimonials. If KFC... The chicken, right? Kentucky Fried Chicken is rated number one, but they sponsored the study. You're like, wait a minute. What's up with that? Question that when you're feeling like, mm, I'm not believing this person. I'm not feeling any trust. They need to prove everything to you. Is it best selling? When and where? Show me. And that gives you a little more control and a little more power. And don't be mesmerized by the people that have great people skills. And all of a sudden, you have everything in common. You're from the best state, like the same football team, went to the same college, like the same food. You're like, wait a minute. They're just like you? So first of all, don't be mesmerized. Don't be overtaken. Realize that maybe they're just saying that. If they say they're from California, really, what city, what street did you live on? What high school did you go to? And see what happens. If they find out you went to UCLA and they did too, really? Huh. What do you think about the football team this year? Where did you stay? Did you stay in the dorms? Which dorm? Who was your favorite professor? Call them out. If you're not sure, call them out. And part of this for you is being prepared before you get there. Know the strengths and weaknesses of that company, of the competitors. Know your stuff. Get your information. Be prepared so you don't get blindsided. And of course, a couple techniques here. You can smile, let them know that's not getting to you like we talked about, or... Or just use what I use, the old RBF, the resting, we'll just say brat face. (laughs) I've got it. And they think you're upset, you're indifferent, you don't care. In reality, you're just thinking about it. That's your neutral face. So everyone, hopefully that answers your question on how to resist persuasion. This helps you feel in control. And the more influence techniques you learn, the more you can identify, the more you feel in control when people are influencing you. You can recognize the techniques. You can reevaluate their message. You can see... Right then and there, are they using anti-suasion to have the opposite effect? So be more aware this week of people that are trying to persuade you and what techniques they're going to use. Learn more tools and techniques. And that gives you more power and gives you the ability to resist those really good persuaders, influencers, and maybe not so ethical leaders. All right, that brings us to the end of our show with surprises for our show number 400. We're giving away things. But you have to do something, just a little something, something. If you want the digital copy of my new edition of Maximum Influence, free, send me an email at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. And that's K-U-R-T. Or you go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Everything's posted there from your free persuasion IQ assessment to the different information to the contact us. But again, Kurt, K-U-R-T at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. 
The next gift, the bigger gift, repost the podcast on your social media. Send me proof. Take a screenshot, whatever you need to do, or, or give me the link. Again, Kurt, K-U-R-T at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. And I'll give you the audios to Millionaire Psychology Self-Persuasion. To become a millionaire, start thinking, acting, and doing what other millionaires do. I will send that to you. But wait, there's even a bigger one. You go to iTunes and rate the podcast. Give me a testimonial. I will give you the new membership site, The Perfect Persuasive Presentation, a $500 value that has a template that you fill in the blank for the perfect persuasive presentation. It has persuasion software that persuades for you, but it has the video from The Perfect Persuasive Presentation, step-by-step, how to become more persuasive. Probably 34 videos, step-by-step, And it also includes an evaluation for me when I look at your video and I critique it for you. $500 value. I'm going to give that to you for free for emailing. Give me proof that you rated the podcast and did a testimonial on iTunes. Or do all of them. It's up to you. Let me know. These are freebies. This is podcast 400. I'm giving stuff away. Things that will make you a better persuader, better influencer, better negotiator, and fix your mindset so you become unstoppable. But hey, thanks for being here. Thanks for your love and support and all your feedback. It's fun to be here. I love these skills. It makes all the difference in the world for everybody. So claim your gifts, apply something that you learned today, and go out and persuade with power.